Hello, this is John W. welcoming you to another episode of the Standing Out Podcast. If you're here for the first time, it's great to have you with us. And of course, welcome back if you've listened to any of the previous episodes. This podcast is all about sharing advice and information that, as the name suggests, is intended to help you and your business stand out, be more effective and be more successful. And some of what you hear may well be useful in life outside of business too. Now, business of whatever kind, as I'm sure you realise, is about rather more than just the product or service that you offer. While those things are obviously central, as are their features and quality, of equal importance is what is generally termed the customer or client experience. In other words, what it's like to do business with you as well as benefit from what may be bought from you. Remember, that has a vital role to play in your brand identity and reputation. As in the words often quoted and attributed to Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon.com, your brand is what people say about you when you've left the room. It's also often said that people buy people first before they choose to buy what they have to offer. I can attest to that from personal experience as a buyer, as I share this personal story to illustrate the point. Some time ago, I was driving home on a nice sunny afternoon when I just decided I was in the mood to have a look at new cars. The car I was driving, while nice enough, was really due for replacement, and I knew that right on my route was a very nice dealership. I'm not going to mention brands or business names here, but I parked up and I went in. Over in the corner were several salespeople in shiny suits, standing there drinking coffee and chatting. I wandered around the cars on the showroom floor and I waited for someone to come over. And I waited. And I waited. Eventually, tired of waiting and a bit irritated, I went over to them and one of them rather reluctantly broke away from his pals. I got asked a few not very interested questions and when I asked about the possibility of a test drive, I was told, oh, we don't do test drives, our our customers know what they want. At which point I left. What a poor experience that was. It was totally impersonal and disinterested. But driving a bit further down that road, there was another dealership. Different brand, but similar quality cars. The sun was still shining, and I decided to give them a quick try. As I walked in, a friendly salesman got up from his desk and came straight over with a big smile and an outstretched hand. Come and sit down, he said. Can I get you some coffee? A nice, friendly, interested conversation later, we'd arranged a test drive. And that Saturday, he brought the car to me, and we had a long and enjoyable drive. The bottom line is that I bought several cars of that brand from the same salesman over time, and even followed him when he changed dealership. He couldn't have been more helpful, and we became friends. Another consequence was that I have never bought a car of the brand represented by that first dealership, who just tainted my whole opinion not only of them, but also the brand. So, people buy people first, and people generally buy from people they know, like and trust. Yes, it's about establishing relationship and about how we go about doing that. I guess you're familiar with the idea that first impressions count. When you meet someone for the first time, they'll already have formed an opinion about you in seconds, even before you've spoken. Think about that first experience I had and the behaviour and body language of those salespeople compared to the second.
A good first impression is so important, but to build and maintain a good relationship, whether business, professional or social, there's something else we need to be good at, uh, and very often we aren't. Let me tell you another story. Not mine this time. The story is about a psychologist who wanted to conduct a certain experiment. And he was going to do so on an airplane ride between one city and another. He instructed his assistants to go to the second airport and, and wait for him. And he'd point out to them the other passenger that he had been sitting next to during the flight and to ask them a few questions. So our psychologist buys his ticket, boards the plane and sits at random next to another person. After exchanging a few normal pleasantries, he asked his fellow passenger where he was going, where he was from, what he did for a living, and through the flight they had an interesting conversation with our psychologist asking his fellow passenger a number of different questions and learning quite a lot about him. When they reached their destination, our psychologist disembarked along with, with his uh, fellow passenger and pointed out to his assistants who were waiting on the tarmac, it was in the days when we didn't have the kind of airport security we have today, pointed out who his fellow passenger was and they approached him and asked him if he wouldn't mind answering a few questions as he had been sitting next to someone who was a psychologist and who was conducting an experiment. Well, fortunately, the passenger was very willing. He was quite intrigued about what this was all about. So the assistant took him to one side and sat him down and asked him a few questions. Do you know who you were sitting next to, he asked. The man said, no, I mean, I, I didn't know he was a, a, a psychologist uh, at all. He said, can, can you tell me where he was uh, going to, uh, the, what his end destination was? No, I can't tell you that. And they asked this uh, passenger a number of questions, none of which the person could answer. Because, in fact, our psychologist had done nothing during the trip but asked this person question after question. And the last question that the assistant asked this passenger was this. Could you just very simply sum up the general impression you had of the person who was sitting next to you? Do you know, I think he was the most fascinating person I've ever met. Now, that response may surprise you, but this story illustrates just how important the art and skill of listening is when it comes to relationships. The passenger showed the truth of that quote I mentioned earlier, that your brand is what people say about you when you've left the room. It's why listening is such an important factor when it comes to developing successful business and personal relationships. So in this next part, let's explore how to listen well, to listen successfully, and what can prevent that happening. Let's just consider for a moment what we use listening for, although it may seem pretty obvious. 
One thing, of course, is to obtain information. Another thing is enjoyment, such as when we listen to music. We can use listening for learning as well. And most importantly, we can use listening to gain understanding. Stephen Covey, in his uh, famous book of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, his habit number five was seek first to understand and then to be understood. And good listening is an important way of seeking to understand. And it's also essential for building empathy and relationships. Now, one of the keys to creating empathy and building relationships is what we might call real listening. Because not all listening is equal. and Not all listening is successful. I mean, for example, have you ever been in a situation where you're wondering if the other person is really listening to you? I'm sure that you can think of occasions when you've been aware that perhaps the other person isn't really paying proper attention to, to what you're saying, is not really hearing what you're, you're saying. And there have been some clues that have given that away. Now, listening and hearing are different things. What do I mean by that? For example, you might have music on in the background while you're actually concentrating on something else. So you're listening to it in the sense that you're aware of it, the sound is being registered, but you're not really hearing it in the true sense. And the same thing can happen in conversations between two people. So why does that matter? Well, I suggest that whenever we're speaking, we would like to think that what we're saying is important and that the other person considers it important to, to listen to us properly. And of course, that's equally true the other way around, because when the other person is talking, they would hope and expect that we'd be listening to them also. One of the other reasons that it matters is we don't really take things in properly if we're not really hearing as opposed to just listening. In fact, we remember perhaps somewhere between 25 to 50% of what we listen to, but we remember an awful lot more when we really hear. So listening without hearing and being noticed by another person that we're not really hearing them doesn't create the best possible impression. And another thing that creates a, a very poor impression is what we might call false listening. And false listening is giving the impression of really listening and really hearing, but not really doing that at all. And I would say politicians are particularly good at false listening as they respond to an interviewer not by answering the point that's being put to them, but making a point that's all about their agenda and what they want to be heard. And traditional sales training uh, about overcoming objections with packaged stock responses is, I think, another example of how false listening can take place. But false listening is probably less usual than some of the, the barriers that we naturally and almost instinctively put up in the way of listening to people and hearing them properly. One of those is what I might call the what-I-want-to-say-next syndrome. In other words, the other person is talking 
and we're kind of listening, but there's something that we want to throw into the conversation that we want to say next, and it's getting in the way of us hearing properly what they're actually saying. This is a, a very common trait of people who are enthusiastic talkers. And if you're an enthusiastic talker, very often you can't wait to get your next words out and get your next point across and be heard in the conversation. You can come across that your stuff is more important than what the other person is saying. And particularly if you're in the habit of, of interrupting others, that is really off-putting for a lot of people. I have to say that that kind of listening style, the what I want to say next listening style, is common among people who tend to have more extrovert personalities, while introverts tend to do that a lot less. Another listening style that gets in the way is what you might call judgmental listening. And judgmental listening is where our personal filters, those voices that we have in our head that influence our decisions, come into play and get in the way. So one judgmental filter is judging appearance. We look at someone, we look at the way they dress, we look at their clothes, we look at their personal styling. We may even look at uh, things like their, their race or, or their sex. And we make a, an opinion. And that opinion can then colour what we actually hear as opposed to what is actually being said because it's being filtered. And another judgmental filter can be another person's voice. There was some research done quite some time ago now which looked at regional accents and surveys were done to assess their popularity. And some interesting things came out of it, which to some people in certain parts of the country weren't very uh, popular. For example, the Birmingham accent was perhaps one of those which was least favoured. The Scots accent was one that was well received. And in fact, we've seen Scots uh, voiceovers uh, used quite a lot in advertising because people like the accent. And of course, it depends what part of the country you come from and how you view your position in society and how you look at other people. That When somebody else opens their mouth, when you hear the way they speak, you may make a judgment about them and also about the value of what they may be saying. And we have to be very careful and very aware that we might be doing that because it can really damage our ability to really hear what people are trying to communicate to us. And of course, it can happen the other way around as well if people judge us by our voices too. Another area of judgmental listening is to do with what we're actually saying. And it's been very interesting these last... Hmm. I was going to say a few months, but I, th I think it's longer than that, in recent years, with the acceptability of different opinions by certain groups in society. And that's led to this phenomenon of cancelling people. In other words, 
just excluding them from being able to have their voices heard, whether it's to give a lecture at a university or to make an opinion on social media or to write an article. Now, this form of judgmental listening is probably not going to occur too much in the normal business and social context. It's a pretty extreme example. But it does illustrate the way that judgmental listening can really corrupt and detract from effective communication because often the real underlying message or the validity of it is simply not heard because it's not tolerated in those extreme cases. Other things that can get in the way of effective listening is not really listening properly and making assumptions about what we think we've heard as opposed to what was actually said. And some people have what I call a listening for arguing. In other words, what they're looking for all the time in what is being said to them is something that they can respond to and argue with or contest. And of course, always seeking to argue a point, to pick up on something, is not really going to help if you're trying to build a relationship. And of course, another thing that's very common is what you might call listening with half an ear. In other words, being distracted by something else that's going on in your head. For example, thinking about what you're going to make for dinner. Or thinking about things that you need to put on the shopping list. Or in a business context, perhaps it might be even thinking about another client or customer situation or something else to do with your business. But what that's doing, what all these things are doing, are of course distracting you from really listening, from really hearing what is being said. And of course, sometimes we we just simply lose focus on what the other person is saying. It's what you might call fuzzy listening. We're really not taking it in. We're really not listening to to the words properly at all. Uh, And that can also be a result of being bored with what the other person is saying. So listening effectively, good listening, quality listening, actually takes some effort. And the key to successful listening and really hearing is something that is called being present. What does that actually mean? Here's a phrase. The lights are on, but no one's home. Have you ever been talking to someone and you've become aware that they're somewhere else, their their mind has wandered off somewhere else? You can see it in their eyes. To some extent, you can see it in other aspects of their, their body language. Their lights are on, but no one's home and no one's listening to you. So being present, really concentrating on the other person, really focusing on what they're saying, really hearing what they're saying and getting the message, if you like, is just so important. And it's a skill that you can develop. And that's really important to effective communication and to building relationship again because we like to be listened to and we want to be heard and one aspect of being present that really makes a difference is to maintain eye contact with the other person and maintaining eye contact is not about staring at them unblinkingly so how do you do that well the trick is to not look directly into their eyes 
but look at a point that is just above their eye level and in between their eyes on their on their forehead. To all intents and purposes, they will see that you are looking at them, but it does avoid that uh, that staring problem. And there are other ways that you can show that you're you're really listening and hearing them in the way you react to what they're saying. So you can acknowledge that you've heard something. You can nod. You can smile. The, your posture also can be important. If if you're standing there with your hands in your pockets and looking around, clearly you're not concentrating on them. So be careful of your posture. And sometimes it can be good to gently mirror their posture so that if they're leaning towards you as they're speaking then lean slightly towards them also not leaning back which suggests that you're not engaging with them if they're leaning back again adopt that posture because leaning forward towards them can come across as perhaps slightly aggressive don't sit with your arms folded because that is a barrier between you and them and gently mirroring people's postures in fact is a way of showing empathy to them because you're showing that you're like them and people like to build relationships with people who they see and believe are like them. Another way of showing that you're really listening is to provide feedback to what they're saying. Reflect back to them in phrases like what I think I'm hearing you say is and ask questions for clarifications. Ask questions to get them to expand on what they've been saying. And if they've made uh, quite a, a, a detailed statement, try summarizing or paraphrasing it again to demonstrate that you've really been listening, that you've really heard what they have said, that you've really got the message. Now there's a little experiment that you can do for yourself. It only takes a, a minute. And it's an experiment in being truly present with someone. And you can do this with someone else in your family, with a friend, with a colleague. Uh, I've done it when I've given talks on this subject uh, to, to groups of people. So you and the other person should sit on chairs facing each other as close as uh, is comfortable. So not that your knees are touching, but not much further apart than that. And for just one timed minute, look unwaveringly into the other person's eyes. And you do this with without speaking and without moving. And this is a really interesting thing to experience. And for a lot of people, being that present with another person is quite unusual and is often very uncomfortable to uh, to experience but it really does draw the contrast between being present and for example having someone looking over your shoulder or looking around the room or having the lights on but nobody being home while you're speaking to them do try it so success in business as in life generally often depends to a considerable extent on successfully listening to the people we come into contact with. 
Quality listening, successful listening, helps to establish relationships that enable others to know, like and trust us and for potential customers or clients to buy us first and so encourage them to buy from us rather than a competitor. But even if our offer isn't right for them, we have a good chance that they'll say good things about us as people when we've left the room. It's the way reputations are built. So that's why it's important to listen for success. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast today. So until next time, this is John W. saying goodbye for now. <laughs>